0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Okay. We are in a series in the book of Ephesians. And our title in Ephesians is Finding Our True Identity, that's kind of the subtitle for the entire book. Um, today we're going to be in chapter 3, and we're looking at the first 13 verses. The uh, subject today is God's eternal purpose in Christ, so that's where we're going to go. Okay? Um, have you ever uh, watched a TV series when uh, it begins, the, the episode you're, beginning, you're watching begins with previously on, let's say, Bosch? That happens to be one of my uh, favorite shows okay so previously on streams this morning we're gonna look at some th- things that has happened in the previous lessons kind of as a build up to where we're going today in chapter 3 okay so I'm looking at chapter one um, just looking at verses 9 and 10 speaking of God it says making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So we're looking at uh, God's eternal plan here. It's one of the first things he has said here in the book of Ephesians. Uh, And that's a marvelous destiny that we have, that all things will be united in Christ, both on heaven and on earth. And then uh, chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, Sean was... uh, covering this last week verse 13 but now in christ jesus you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of christ for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility speaking of the jews and their their dividing separation from the gentiles which is everybody else so for the jews that was their world perspective it's us and then everybody else out there, and there was this big wall, huge wall. Uh, they simply would not accept. And so it says, in Christ, that dividing wall has been broke down. That's where we were last week. And then at the very end of chapter 2, and this really sets us up for chapter 3, the very end of chapter 2, uh, verse 20, uh, speaking of the people of God. It says, we are built on the foundation of the apostles, and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Together we grow into something that is holy. Together, united, we're a dwelling place for God. Sometimes it helps to get the big picture, to be able to fit our life and who we are into the eternal purposes of God, uh, how we fit into it all. We can get caught up with the daily grind of just survival from one day to another, one thing coming one after another, and we can get discouraged. Sometimes depression can set in when we're not looking at the big picture, we're just looking at the day to day. And so we can lose sight of God and uh, His purposes for us and how we fit into that bigger picture of who am I and why do I exist what's God's purpose for me what's my destiny so sometimes when we can't see so to speak the forest for the trees right just helps to stand back and get a bit of an overview and see the landscape it's truly a beautiful landscape and we can see things in perspective so this is the purpose of chapter 3 okay it's helping us to, um, to stand back and take that bigger look and to get encouragement. That's what we're about today is encouragement because of that bigger picture. Um, when we see things from God's perspective, we see our lives differently. It truly makes a difference on our day-to-day life, and that's what I want you to see today. So the message, again, is God's eternal purpose in Christ. Uh, as we go to chapter 3, there are three uh, parts that we're going to I'm going to point out that have to do with God's purpose in Christ and the first one is God's purpose in Christ applies equally to all people so uh, just beginning chapter 3 verse 1 for this reason I Paul a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles I want to stop just a moment there Uh, when it starts with for this reason it's looking back to, well, what reason are we talking about? It's where he just was. It's back in the previous chapter. And it could be the whole chapter, which was the coming together of God's people, the forming of the people of God, both Jew and those they disliked, Gentiles. But it's then also the very end of chapter two, which is he has taken us and formed us into one body, a holy temple in the Lord, a dwelling place for God by his spirit. For this reason, that's what Paul is saying. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, he's reminding them of just how much he has invested. He's currently writing from a prison cell in Rome, so he's reminding them how much he has invested that God will work through him to bring together the people of God, the eternal people of God. So for this reason... I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. And then let's go on to verse 3. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So what Paul was proclaiming he calls the mystery of Christ. A mystery is something that was previously unknown and we're we're going back to Old Testament times now that had not been clearly revealed but now is being revealed. Now it's being made known to to Paul and those representatives of Christ that are, are preaching the gospel. This thing that was currently a mystery is now being made known, and it's specifically, he says, the mystery of Christ. So the center of this is Christ. I I believe that we are a church that is founded upon a focus and an emphasis upon Christ, and we will always be that. And the mystery, what God wants to reveal, is centered upon Jesus Christ. And that's why we're talking about the purpose of God today in Christ Jesus. The purpose of God, the big picture, is centered upon Christ. So he says, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. And you'll rec- when you read this, you will perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ and so forth, which was not made known in previous generations. Okay, so we're going to go to verse 6 now, and this is where I want to uh, land for a while because this gives us really the answer what that mystery is and what the content of the mystery is, God's eternal purpose in Christ. So let's read verse 6. And speaking of God, it says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. I'm in the wrong chapter. Let's go to chapter three. (laughs) I knew that that didn't sound right. Verse six. Okay, this mystery. All right, you with me? This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the same body, and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus, through the gospel. Okay, there are three parallel terms that describe the coming together, the, 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 the togetherness of the people of God in Christ. And in Greek, they're parallel because they, each of these terms that describes God's people begins with the Greek preposition sun. It's S-U-N, not O-O-N, S-U-N, and the basic meaning of that is together or with. And so the three terms are very parallel, and it's emphasizing that we have an identity together with others. It's not just our identity, but it's our, our common identity. And so uh, we could read f- the first one is fellow heirs. Some of your translations will say joint heirs. So same idea, fellow heirs, we share together in a common inheritance in Christ. The next term, and I have put the the word fellow in brackets because, and I'm following the the English Standard Translation here, and it doesn't have the word fellow, but I'm going back to the the Greek text because the the Greek, uh, that stress is there. So the second term is we are fellow members of Christ's body. In other words, together, all of us have a common identity that we share together in Christ fellow members of Christ's body. And then the last term, we're fellow partakers. Again, fellow is not in the English Standard Version. I think it should be. If I'd been translating, I would have done that. But we are fellow or joint partakers of the promise in Christ. In other words, we together share in a common promise. We have eternal life and identity as God's children or as God's sons. Okay? So... It really brings me back to um, I want to go back to chapter 2 verse 14 where we were last week in the message Um, verse 14 speaking of Christ this is chapter 2 now for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility that in place of the two he might create in himself one new man so making Peace. So God has done really what is um, a marvelous thing. He has brought us together and made us one, people. He has formed people. And what we're speaking of there in chapter two is very diverse people. And did you get there's a double mention of the hostility that was between the people formerly, And now he has broken down that wall of hostility and brought them together and formed us as one. It's the same thing that said of the Father and the Son. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And the Bible says that husbands and wives are one. It's the same thing. We have a common identity in Christ. It's absolutely a miraculous thing. What God has done to take diverse peoples and bring us together and make us to be one. So what is the significance to us of that. Is it just Jew and Gentile? Um, I really see it bigger than that. Uh, This forming of diverse peoples together to make us one. It's his will, it's his purpose, it's his his eternal purpose. We have a tendency, I think, to draw a circle around us and maybe you have been part of a group like this and we identify our own group as God's people. (laughs) We are it, We we hold the truth inside this circle. And uh, you know, God wants you to join us in this circle because this is where the truth is. This is where God really is. We're God. We're truly God's people, uh, and that is exactly why Christianity has become so fragmented for the last two hundred years. I want to read something. It's an excerpt from a book by Garrison Kyler. It's called Lake Wobegon Days. And he is kind of sharing a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and please remember that, that this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, about his own denominational background. Um, and if you happen to be, have this denomination in your background, please forgive me, because this could have been said of my background and a lot of our backgrounds here, okay? And again, a lot of this is tongue-in-cheek, but this is uh, Garrison Kyler. We were exclusive brethren, that's the denomination he was from a branch that believed in keeping itself pure of false doctrine by avoiding association with the impure. Some brethren assemblies, mostly in larger cities, were not so strict and broke bread with strangers. We referred to them as the so-called open brethren. The strangers, we, okay, implying the the so-called implying the shakiness of their position. Whereas we made sure that any who fellowshiped with us were straight on all the details of the faith as set forth by the first brethren who left the Anglican Church in 1865 to worship on the basis of correct principles. In the same year, they posed for a photograph, 21 bearded gentlemen in black frock coats, 12 sitting on a stone wall, 9 standing behind, gazing solemnly into a sunny day in Plymouth, England, united in the opposition to the pomp and corruption of the Christian aristocracy, in other words, the Anglican Church. Unfortunately, once free of the worldly Anglicans, these firebrands were not content to worship in peace but turned their guns on each other. Scholarly to the core and perfect literalists, everyone they set to arguing over points that to any outsider would have seemed very minor indeed, but which to them were crucial to the faith, including the question, if believer A is associated with believer B, who has somehow associated himself with C, who holds a false doctrine, must D break off association with A, even though A does not hold the doctrine to avoid the taint? The correct answer is yes. Some brethren, however, felt that D should only speak with A and urge him to break off with B. The brethren who felt otherwise promptly broke off with them. This was the Bedford question, one of several controversies that, inside of two years, split the brethren into three branches. And as I said, uh, that could be pointed out of my denomination and many, many denominations. There are many things which divide us as God's people today. One of them has been doctrine. Another one has been ethnicity. That has divided the Church of Jesus Christ. And lately, politics. It's really divided us. What would Paul say? Paul would say, we together as God's people in Christ are fellow heirs, fellow members Of the body of Christ and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ that's what he would say so God's purpose in Christ applies equally to all people okay so that's the people of God's eternal purpose in Christ we're going to go to the second major point he's making here and that is the content of the uh, uh, the plan that he has in Christ the content so uh, go with me to to uh, verse 7 Chapter 3, verse 7, I'll get the right chapter this time. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, the second thing that uh, he is saying about God's eternal purposes here is that God's eternal purpose in Christ gives people true wealth. So it's the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I want to focus a little bit upon that term. It's, it's speaking of unlimited spiritual resources and assets. The fact that we truly are rich in him. So um, we ref- right at the beginning of chapter 1 of, of, of Ephesians, verse 3, we spoke of the spiritual blessings with which Christ has, has, has blessed us it says he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. That covers it all. Everything that we need is ours in Christ, every spiritual blessing. That's the point he's making in chapter one. And then another parallel passage uh, about the riches that we have in Christ is from 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Okay? Well, it's just list some of the riches that we have in Christ and a lot of these things come from chapter 1. You could reread chapter 1 and much of this is listed there. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the unconditional love that he has granted to us and overwhelmed us with that is really unfathomable to us and out of which we have relationship with with him or we have the, the, the potential Of a full and deep relationship that we can both live in and and experience together with him he has granted to us unfathomable unlimited unconditional love a great great rich or wealth that we have in Christ Jesus then there's the inheritance this this goes to we just read we are fellow heirs of God the great inheritance that he has given to us there's a wealth as, as sons and daughters, adopted sons and daughters, that's chapter one, of, of God, we are his heirs. And he's got wonderful things planned for us. You see, this is the big picture. He has made us his, his very heirs. Um, now, the third thing is the, just the depth of grace. Again, this is from chapter one, the depth of grace that he has showered upon us. One place it says, speaking of God's grace, he lavished it upon us just showered us with grace. We live in a state and a place of grace because of Christ. Again, chapter 1, the eternal limitless forgiveness, unconditional forgiveness that we have, okay? it's, a, it's always there, it keep, continues coming, it's for all time, the forgiveness that we live in. It's a great wealth, treasure that he's given to us. And then there's the, the joy which Christ said to his disciples, I want to give my joy to you. And, and the joy that we can experience is that which comes from Christ. And there's great wealth there. The great wealth that we can have as is, is he shares and, and promised to give us his joy, that we can live and experience his joy. You can immerse yourself in that joy and there's still more. It, it never comes to an end. So it's the wealth that we have, and that's God's purpose. God's eternal purpose is that we experience that wealth. Then the third thing today is God's purpose in Christ is to reveal his will to all of creation. That's the result. We have spoke of the people of his purpose and we've spoken of the content. The content is the wealth, the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And this is where it all heads. This is the result that God's plan and purpose would be made known. Uh, There are two realms in which his plan is to be displayed, first is verse 9, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things. So it's to bring to light, to make known for everyone, that would be everyone on earth, all people, to, to reveal, that's, that's his purpose, to, to make it clear to all people what God's purpose is. And, and that would be both Jew and Gentile that all people would know his purpose, that it would be revealed to them. Of course, not all are going to respond, but to those who do respond worldwide are formed into one body. Wherever they are, globally, internationally, or right here, formed into one body. Those that respond to that offer of who he is and what he wants to do for us to make us one in him. So that's the first realm in which he wants to reveal himself is to all on earth, to everyone on earth. And then the second realm is verse 10, and this is when we really get to the, the big picture I, I believe here. So verse 10, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. It's God's will to display to all of his creation, and all of his creation includes heavenly beings, spiritual beings, to, to put us on display what he has done. The miracle of what he has done in taking us as diverse people and forming us together into one. Making us to be his people, his treasured possession of all people upon the earth. And the way that that all came accomplished through the redemption, the plan of Christ, uh, going to the cross and and all of that. Making us one. He wants to put that on display for all of the earth. We are also described in in a similar vein as the very glorious bride of Christ. He has put all of his attention and focus and we together together form the bride of Christ with a marriage ceremony that is coming. So Rick Warren has famously said in his book, The Purpose Driven Life he said, it's not all about you. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly right. It's about God and what he has done to bring a people together. That's what it's really about. Amen. In Christ, what he has done to bring us together. Um, amazingly this is not all agreed upon by Christians today. And I, I looked at this on the website of a church that's in the area, their doctrinal statement, it's right there posted, and it said this, we believe in the local church, not the universal church. Really? And I looked at that, did, did they really say that? And there is that thought, and it's out there. Not everyone is in agreement within Christianity of what I'm saying. In other words, that statement is saying we draw a circle around ourselves and we're God's people that have special revelation and insight to the things of God, and you should belong to us. That is exactly what that statement is saying. Let's uh, look at some of his... We're going to finish with verse 13, so I just want to finish the thought out here. Verse 11. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, Okay, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. This this magnificent, omnipotent, omniscient God gives us confidence and direct access to him through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing that he does that? So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory? Don't be discouraged, Paul says, by what I'm going through. Um, I'm seeing the big picture. Yes. I can see the big picture, and so it's okay. Don't you be discouraged, but you continue on and keep your eyes on the big picture. Okay. A few years ago, I had a, a good friend of mine that was coming to my church. That uh, he he came. He was not a Christian, but he was coming to church because he had friends at the church. And he wanted something uh, spiritual in his life. He recognized that life is not just all about everything visible, that there are spiritual realities. He was beginning to realize, I need something further, and so he's attending uh, church for that reason, but he had not really made a commitment to Christ. He was sitting, listening to sermons uh, week after week, but had never made a total faith commitment. That year, there was a total eclipse of the sun that was happening, and... He decided that the, somehow it had been determined by scientists that the optimal place to see this event was down in Mexico. So he went on a, on a trek down to Mexico and watched the total eclipse of the sun on a beach in Mexico. And it totally changed him. I don't know if I would have had the same thought, but it transformed his thinking. And he came back and came right to me and said, I get it now. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm crossing that line. I'm making a full out commitment to God and his son, Jesus Christ, because he had seen the big picture. Do You see what we're saying today? So I wanna challenge you to see the big picture, okay? To be able to uh, see your life and your destiny within the big picture of God's purpose in Christ, where God wants to, to bring you. Uh, I'm convinced that seeing the big picture can dispel fear of the future. I believe seeing the big picture can dispel discouragement And remember this you are not isolated you're not just an individual facing life by yourself but you're part of something bigger the bigger people of God which is the body of Christ you have an identity there it's not you and the world alone but you with Christ and his people as his eternal treasured possession okay And I think God wants you also to experience the riches that are there for you. To realize that's part of what he wants to do. Reveal the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to know that your destiny is in Christ's purpose. With all of the rest of God's people. Amen. Bow your heads and worship team, you can join me on the stage. Lord, we just sit back and we're in awe and amazement at who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. And we, we want to just uh, experience that fullness today and open our minds and our hearts to understand and see us not just as uh, an individual, but part of the bigger picture of what you're wanting to do, uh, part of your treasured people, your treasured possession as you speak of your people upon the earth. And the fact that we really are one, that you form us together, Uh, No matter what our differences, uh, you're able to form us together and make us one. And so we are thankful of that, and and we give you just all praise today for that. Uh, Let us exemplify that, Lord. Teach us how to walk in unity with each other. That's a hard thing to learn. It involves uh, submission and forgiveness and sensitivity to others. And teach us those things, Lord, uh, that we can truly live up to what you have, have made us to be. And that is one in you. And so I just want to give you thanks today for that. In Jesus' name, amen.